For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of work. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper. Happy Tuesday, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Richard Skipper Celebrates. Who or what are you celebrating today? There's a lot to celebrate. The word for today is patience. Mercury is in retrograde, and it will be in retrograde, by the way, until June 3rd. So fasten your seatbelts and embrace it. Now, it's not something to get nervous about. A lot of people get nervous when Mercury grows into retrograde, but it's about taking a pause, taking a deep breath, and just embracing everything that's around you. And tonight, I am going to, it's all about patience. That's the word today. And I want to celebrate a few people that are watching the show tonight. And I'm going to start with my assistant, and that is Rose Apuzo. With Rose, everything's always coming up roses. And Rose, of course, is a huge, huge, huge Barbara Streisand fan. I can't think of Barbara Streisand without thinking of Rose Apuzo and vice versa. So a few weeks ago, Barbara Streisand celebrated a very significant birthday, and we put together a birthday celebration uh, celebrating Barbara Streisand. And Rose told me about this amazing talent, and she said, you have to have Ava Nicole uh, Francis on your show. And she told me about her, and she, she reached out, and we got her on the show. And of course, uh, the moment uh, that she opened her voice and her voice came out of her mouth, I fell in love with her. See, I get tongue-tied talking about her. I fell in love with her. And then a few nights later, Rose was lucky enough to go to Feinstein's 54 Below and see her. How lucky was Rose to be there? Uh, how lucky can one get? Uh, well, the review came out today in Broadway World, and I'm telling you, it was uh, a rave. And Stephen Mosier of Broadway World, uh, he wrote Gone with the Wind, part two, all about Ava. Well, tonight, there are three amazing women that are standing in the wings. Uh, box number one, box number two, and box number three. And I am going to let Rose pick our winner, and she's going to decide who is going to come on first. So Rose, as soon as you uh, send me a message and let me know who will be coming on, all you need to do is say one, two, or three, and I will bring on our first contestant. And then we will get to know her a little bit better. And these three women individually have amazing careers, but when they come together, they celebrate each other in a way that only can be defined as alchemy. Uh, their voices blend so well together. They've created a show called Mutual Admiration. And of course, it goes back to the Mutual Admiration Society. And again, as I said before, the word is patience. So I'm waiting uh, for Rose to get that word to me. Uh, Rose, get it. I'm waiting for it. So there's so many messages coming in right now. Uh, I'm not even seeing it. So um, I'm going to pull myself. So uh, Charlo, uh, get on camera. 
uh, I know because I'm going to pull on Charlo first. Uh, Rose and I are on the same wavelength because she picked number three. I'm waiting for Charlo to get in place. Uh, and I'm going to pull her on first. And here she is, everyone, Charlo Crossley. Hello, Charlo. Welcome Hello. to the show. Again, as I said, patience is the word. You figured it out. You figured out how to get on tonight. How are you doing? Well, I'm good. I'm grateful. I'm basking in the absolute, I'll use the word wonder of the great review that we received today. It's just an incredible blessing. You know, it's like the saints and the angels were all screaming at God and saying, come on, you got to give them credit today. <laughs> I'll take it. Well, Charlie, you've had this amazing career yourself. Uh, Have a, but, thank uh, you. But I, but I want to know, how did you and Ava meet? Ava and I met. Oh my God, I want to say five years ago, four and a half, five years ago, at an Our Name is Barbara uh, experience for Project Angel Food here in California that is, has been produced and directed and curated by the great Clifford Bell of Cabaret. We love, we love Clifford Bell. Absolutely. And um, she got up and sang three songs and knocked it out the park. I said, who is this juggernaut of talent? And just a little girl, like a teen girl, reminded me of a lot of the young girls I work with in Hairspray. And I thought, oh, she'd be a great Tracy Turnblad. And so then, so she sang, and then I got up and I sang, um, uh, Isn't It Better from a Funny Lady. The great thing about the Our Name is Barbara uh, events is that you get up and you sing uh, songs that Barbara has sung. And so it was great. Mm -hmm. So I sang, Isn't It Better from Funny Lady. And um, was talking to her from the stage. And her dad wanted me to work with her. And it took us one year to get together. But I had a dream. And in the dream, God said to me, I want you to work with this young girl and her family. And then I saw her the next day, next a few days later at another, our, our name is Barbara, uh, event. So that was one year later. And I couldn't wait to tell her we got started. And we did, had not sung a note together until we were with Michael Collum. And we started singing. He said, well, can you sing this song? And we w launched into Happy Days, Get Happy. It was all over but the shout. And that's how it happens. That's I want to show, show the clip that was sent to me that we we showed this. Those who were lucky enough to see the Barbara Streisand celebration that we did have already seen this. Um, uh, Ava already knows, but I'm going to show it again because it is worth repeating. And uh, here it is. This, just an amazing talent. And just yeah. look at this. I, I'm just in love with her. Here she is. Hi, Barbara. I heard it's your special day. And I just wanted to wish you a very happy birthday on behalf of my family and I and all of your fans.
Now, I want to say these costumes are, uh, first of all, I'm so jealous of the fact that she has two dads. Because, <laughs> you know, the fact that these two dads and these costumes and everything, I mean, since she was a small child, they've been creating these amazing costumes. She's been surrounded by the wonderfulness of Barbara Streisand her entire life. When you're surrounded by greatness, you're going to grow up in greatness. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you've got the, you know, they were playing show tunes for her when they brought her home from the hospital as a petite enfant. You know, <laughs> she grew up with so with, with all of it. And so she knows everything. She is such a, an incredible uh, Broadway theater. Uh, I, I don't want to say geek, but she's like a, uh, you know, uh, uh, an archivist. I mean, she knows all these things. And so it's wonderful. I learned so much from her, uh, but I have to say that it's wonderful when you can be immersed in the thing and then have such a passion for it. And when we were in New York, I mean, it was the, you know, we are a testament to believing it, dreaming it, believing it, speaking it, praying over it, releasing it, and then it happening. So what we were experiencing the other night was surreal to me. I mean, I was like, we had so many songs to learn and so many, much dialogue to remember. I thought my career was spiraling down the tubes, but um, we pulled it together. I know I did, but she was just fantastic. And, you know, when you learn all this stuff and you start putting it together, then you get in front of an audience that's pulling on you, that's pulling on you, you, you discover so many things about what you're talking about and singing about, you know, you're just in the moment. I know for me, I was totally thrust into the moment, the passion of it, the sheer wonder of it is amazing. I'm grateful. Well, you know, that's what it's all about. I've, I've said that if every, my philosophy is that if every person on this planet would begin every day with a show tune, there would be no crime or violence on this planet. That's right. There's a line in the show that says, there's nothing that a good old fashioned show tune can't, can't fix. And I believe that totally. Me too. So, Charlotte, I'm going to let you bring on our next guest. And you get to pick either box number one or box number two. Well, I'm going to just, whoever's number two, whoever's one, I'm going to pick... I'm going to call out Ula Hedwig and whatever number she is, I want to just say this is someone who is so incredibly brilliant and, <laughs> and, and, you know, and, 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 but no longer unsung. This is, this woman is a juggernaut. I'll tell you something. She's we going. have had such great times in the studio and on stage, but when you're in the studio and you're cranking that stuff out and you're matching up these vocals, baby, there's nobody better. She is one of the best oh. in the business. Thank Absolutely. you. Funniest people. Well, I have to say this, uh, Ula, first of all, is there anybody in this business who hasn't, you know, when a lot of people will say I worked with, um, I want to say, is there anyone in this business who hasn't worked with you? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> who oh, worked on you. <laughs> worked on me. That's more of the question. Oh my goodness. That's great. <laughs> No, it's it's amazing that, you know, as you're doing 
as you're singing for all these people, of course, I'm a background singer. I'm of more of the rock and roll ilk mm-hmm. than of the of the show tune. Although I've done a straddled both worlds, I've done Broadway and shows, but my heart has always been in, in uh, rock and pop. And Dionne Warwick was my biggest vocal influence. Cilla Black, Sandy Shaw, all those British divas. So that's my ilk, and. Over the years, you don't you don't realize. I mean, now that I look back, it, there's a long list of people. The list goes on, and it just it shocks me. <laughs> it shocks me because you know, you don't see it in context. You know, as you're doing it, you know it's a gig. That's a gig. That's a gig. That's a gig. But boy, when it when it comes back to you as somebody of my age, and you and you reflect, it, it's a quite a bit of. It's a lot of stuff. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting with a lot of people. Going through your list of uh, the soundtracks, the uh, concerts that you are a part of, um, it is. I'm going to use an example, uh, if you don't mind my going here. And this is sure. I'm going to drop a name that many people have heard me drop many many times on this show. Uh, I was very fortunate uh, to consider Carol Channing was a very close friend of mine. And when I went into Carol's home, it was like walking into a museum of the 20th century because Carol had her photograph with every major politician, every major uh, news uh, maker, uh, kings, queens, uh, sports figures, everyone. And her walls were covered with these icons. And I feel the same way about you uh, because I look at the music that you have created and it's a soundtrack of the 20th and the 21st century. And I want to say thank you for creating this great music and giving us this incredible body of worth. Well, (laughs) body of worth. I love that. But you know, uh, I was just as the movie, I was just 20 feet from stardom with, you know, the list of people. And I was very happy back there. I, I tried doing the solo thing at one time. Uh, didn't work. I'm just comfortable with a trio. Uh, that's why I love the Harlettes so much. It, we were, it's comfortable for me to be, tw- you know, in a trio or 20 feet from stardom. <laughs> now, there have been many harlots over the years, and there are a few. And one of the other harlots, and I'm going to give, for everyone who's here right now, one of the harlots is going to be on my show on Thursday. She's been oh. another one of the harlots. She's been on my show before, uh, and uh, name uh, a few of the other harlots, and I will like, and when you- Linda Hart. Okay, keep going. Uh, Katie Seagal. Keep Siobhan going. Who? Siobhan. Siobhan O'Carroll. Siobhan O'Carroll. Melanie Taylor. Melissa Manchester. Melissa Manchester. Melissa Manchester. going to be on the show on oh, Thursday wow. afternoon. She everybody. was the original. Yes, yes. I placed yes. her. That's right. So everybody, Melissa Manchester is going to be on the show Thursday. So tune in. She, uh, she's remastered one of her CDs and she's got some new tracks on it. So please tune in. Oh, she's wonderful. So I want to ask what, I, I mean, there's so many legendary stories about the Harlots. Do you have a favorite memory of the Harlots? 
There are legendary stories. <laughs> you tell me one. You <laughs> uh, from your own perspective, what, I mean, do you have a favorite memory? Oh, maybe the, the stuff that was off stage, like the time we went bowling with Bet, bowling with Bet. <laughs> Uh, we would be in the time that we got stranded uh, in a snowstorm in that hotel and we had to cancel the show and all of us took over the, the uh, lounge act that was in the bar, it including Bet, And we took over the band and, and the, the drunks in the, in the bar had no idea who they were listening to. And Bet got up there with her ski cap and sweater and. And did we basically did our show in the lounge of somewhere? It was Cleveland or somewhere? I forget. It was Akron, Ohio. Akron, and we took over the lounge. That's right. And drank ourselves into a coma and got into a stupor. We had so much fun. Well, I love the fact that the music is still flowing, and that it's flowing through a whole new new generation. Um, You've already seen a clip of her. I'm going to give a little compilation of our new star on the rise. Um, But I, you know, when I was thinking about your careers and I'm thinking of Ava, uh, you know, I also think of Ava as a veteran entertainer herself because she's been doing this quite some time. She came out of the womb performing practically. That's right. Longer than Charlo and I probably. (laughs) More experience than we have. uh, Here's a little history of Ava, and then we'll bring her on, and uh, we'll continue this celebration. Here she is. And then to make matters worse, I have another problem. I've always been shy. I confess it, I'm shy. Oh, yeah. 
ugly feelings I'm free They've been banished by the royal decree And your head feels so good when you finally clear it If I saw a worry, I wouldn't go near it Come on now, come on, yeah Let's hear it Let's hear it for me Eva, first of all, it's a shame that you can't sing, and it's, uh, number two, and it's a shame that audiences just don't get you. <laughs> oh my first goodness! Of all, congratulations, congrats! Thank you so much. Thank you. You know, and you, I mean, it, it you, I mean, Rose was not kidding. What an amazing talent you have, and oh. it's just beginning. You know, how do you feel about all that's happening with you right now? I can't even believe it. I'm still like reeling over our New York show. And I mean, there's, oh my gosh, there's so much. I'm so happy. <laughs> and when I think about scheduling and trying to get you on this show, we had a little trouble trying to get you on the show because you were dealing with planning a prom just a few weeks ago. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> How did that yeah. go? It went really well. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was like, it was like one right after the other. And I was like, I can do it. I can get on. <laughs> Good, 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 good. So with everything that's going on right now, you're obviously in this the throes of doing uh, cabaret. You've also recorded. We're going to give away uh, your CD tonight. Oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, but you, uh, do you have a certain area of this business that you are aspiring to that you would like to be a part of? Broadway. Definitely Broadway. Broadway. Yeah. yeah. But uh, anything, anything, any performing was is great. But Broadway is, is where my heart lies. So here you are, you're working with two amazing talents. You share the stage with them. But as I say, they also share a stage with you. Um, but they have been around the block a few times. Uh, have you gotten any advice from them uh, on uh, wh where to go in this business or what is the greatest piece of advice that you've gotten from either of them? Or do you seek advice from either of them? I think, honestly, the best thing that I've gotten is not from direct advice, but just being able to watch them and watch them perform and the, like the presence that they have and how comfortable they are, like just being like themselves because cabaret, that's what it is. It's, it's, it's yourself. Um, you're not playing a part. So being able to like, just kind of like look over and be like, oh, there's Ula and like watch her do her thing and then turn around and be like, oh my gosh, and Charlotte's here too. And how they interact with the audience. I think you're both obviously so funny and like your little like quips to the audience, I think is like, just just watching your mannerisms um, is, is really great takeaway. Now you also have something else that uh, a lot of kids are not fortunate enough to have and that's two supportive parents who are truly in your corner, 150,000%. So kudos to them for the support that they give you. Um, from the very beginning, um, what are your earliest memories 
of the music that you were listening to. Uh, obviously, there is an affinity to Barbara Streisand. Uh, would you say that she is at the top of the food chain as far as your favorite singer, or is it Bette Midler? Or who who is your holy grail singer that you listen to uh, in those quiet moments? You know, I have to say Judy Garland, um, Barbara, Judy, wow. Liza. That's like that's like our holy trinity. Bet absolutely, of course. Um, a lot of that. On the other side, we had a lot of like Whitney Houston in this house, Diana Ross in this house, um, and then Wizard of Oz. So Judy mm -hmm. musical scores. But that's our holy trinity has got to be Judy, Barbara, Liza. <laughs> absolutely. And uh, do you remember the first? live concert that your dads took you to see? Um, actually, sort of. Um, I know, well, I know that my first like live uh, show that I ever went to see was Mary Poppins on Broadway. Um, but I, I know concert wise was, was Barbara. We went, we went to see um, Barbara Streisand and the next day I performed on Jim Caruso's cast party. Wow. I was eight. Yeah. <laughs> And was, was that the first time that you were in a cabaret room? Yes. Yeah, that's 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 where it all started was with Jim. Wow. And had you gotten up and performed in front of an audience prior to that? Or was that the first time that you were in front of an audience? What was that experience like the first time that you... Uh, Frank Langella, in his book, he talks about that moment that he stepped in, as he put it, said from the dark into the light. So do you remember the first time that you stepped from the dark into the light? I, so I was in my like elementary school shows um, when I was younger and I loved it. And I think the, the first, I don't remember what show it was, but I think the best thing that I can think of is when with Jim on my first time on a cabaret stage. And I think that I was surprised at how comfortable it was because like I said I was eight and I found out I was going to be performing maybe an hour before I stepped on stage so I was surprised at how like at home I felt and how I was just like yeah this is where I'm meant to be like there was no there was no like stage fright there was the no nervousness it was just like very at home very easy which is good <laughs> Well, Jim, I mean, first of all, Jim Crusoe, if you happen to be watching this, he, he, I mean, he does a phenomenal job with Cast Party. It's Absolutely. a very controlled atmosphere in terms of the comfort level of people coming into the situation like this. And, you know, Cast Party, I mean, uh, open mic types of situations can go either way. Uh, to me, the best types of open mics are when you go to also not only to entertain mm -hmm. yourself, but to observe. Um, yeah. And if you are observing the other entertainers and you're there to be entertained as well, it can be an incredible experience. So that evening, are, do you have memories of the other artists that were performing that night that you were experiencing for the first time as well? Um, I actually, I don't think that I, that I remember a specific performance. I just remember sitting there in awe of absolutely every person on that stage. And how long after that was it that you did your first cabaret show? It was, I did, I, we performed it when I was 10. So it took us about a year and a half to get it, uh, to get it standing. And it was with my father. Wow. Wow. 
And then how long was it before mm -hmm. you and Charlo and Ula started working together? Well, Charlo and I, like like she said earlier, we met when I was 14 and Ula and I just started working together uh, at the end. What was at the end? It was in October. We, yes, we met in person on my father's birthday. We went to Palm Springs and we had a rehearsal in Palm Springs. Um, so we met for the first time in October. So it was and I was 17. So it was a good seven years between um, my first show and this last one. Now, I think I read that uh, or I heard that in this particular show that they taught you how to be a harlot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. How, how did that idea come about? Um, well, I I grew up with with Bet. Here's Bet, by the way. Um, yes, this is course. a prop from the market. <laughs> show. It was, it was um, this is Bet. My dad made it. Um, Unbelievable. Yes, you've I always know. had the power to be a harlot, my dear. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's great. Help us. Will you help us? <laughs> I loved them. And I want, I just, I, I literally think I asked Cheryl, I was like, can I be on it? And she was like, yeah. And, um, and so my dad, we, um, we parodied a little bit off of uh, The Wizard of Oz. Of course. Um, a little bit. A little bit. A lot of it. Lot. Everything. <laughs> everything. All like day. Everything. Billy Burke. Day. Billy Burke. Billy Ever. Ever. <laughs> and um and yeah we 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 they had they had three questions that they asked me on stage and I had to give the correct answer and then um we sang optimistic voices lullaby of Broadway as our final initiation. <laughs> so fun. And that goes all the way back to where it began. So I, I want to ask if uh has Feinstein's asked you back? Yes, they have. And do you have a date? Do we have an exclusive tonight? We do not have an exclusive date yet, but we are looking in September. So I will get back to you as soon as I know. <laughs> uh, so we can announce that. And you are leaving on Thursday. You are going to London. Uh, I am now, going to like London. <laughs> <laughs> will this be your first time in London? Yes, it will. I'm so excited. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, just like Barbara, uh, she took London by storm. I know you're going to do the same. So those who see my show know that I always, I one of the things that I do on my show is I do an homage to James Lipton inside the actor's studio. And he had uh, his own questions. And I put together some random questions that I'm going to ask each of you. Uh -oh. And this will give our viewers a chance to get a sense of you and and, and your take on the business itself and everything. And I'll start with you, uh, Charlo. And uh, other than <laughs> the review that just came out uh, early this morning, uh, what are you proud of outside of what we've talked about tonight uh, of, in, in, over the last uh, week that you've experienced? Well, you know, we, you know, it's like that old cartoon theme of uh, Bugs Bunny, where they said, no more re uh, rehearsing and nursing a part. We know every part by heart. Overture, <laughs> light the lights. This is it. We'll hit the, hit heights. the heights. And oh, what oh, heights. heights we'll hit. On with the show. This is it. And that pretty much <laughs> sums it up for me. <laughs> because um, it, we had, it was a lot to remember. It, you know, it, it was like being in a Broadway show. It's like we after you nurse and rehearse for six weeks and then you go out of town and you put it on its feet and you're, 
you know, you're nail biting and you're going, oh my God, uh, is it going to make it? You know, these numbers going to make it. Am I going to, I am, am I going to remember anything that I have to say? <laughs> so there was all of that. So it was, it was, it was kind of like doing a Broadway show or a review where you had a lot to remember. And then it didn't really come together until we got up I mean, in, in rehearsal, but when we got up on the stage, it was like, do or die. Here we go. That's right. <laughs> you know, so it was uh, it was definitely a journey. And, you know, uh, I have to say every single show I've ever been in, there's always been some kind of angst. But when you're a background singer, you know, you learn your part, you do it, you know, you, you, you know, you're inserted in, you come in, you do what you do, boom, you leave. That's right. You know, you have the, you know, you, you don't have all the heavy lifting, but the three of us, we had some heavy lifting to do. And for me and Ula, it, that's not unusual because we did a lot of that uh, for Miss M and together when when we had our group, me, Sharon, and Ula. So this with Ava is a, it's a new chapter and it's a great chapter. I'm so proud. After I got through my self-flagellation, I've come to accept <laughs> the beauty of everything that has taken place and our mutual admiration experience. <laughs> oh, that's <Thank> wonderful. <laughs> um, Ula, my question for you is, how do you uh, waste uh, the biggest chunk of time each week? Oh, waste? Waste. Like Netflix, that kind of waste? Yes, that, that, that would count. <laughs> I think I just answered yeah. that yeah. question. Is that it? And uh, what's your guilty pleasure on Netflix? Oh, oh God. Uh, Grace and Frankie. Grace and Frank. Uh, Schitt's Creek. Yeah. I mean, I, I blew through that Me too. in no time Me during too. the pandemic. Have you seen Julia on HBO Max? Uh, no, I don't have uh, HBO watching. Max. No, I have oh, not. I love, it. love it, love it, love it. But that's my guilty pleasure, uh, planting myself in front of the boob tube. Yeah. Me <laughs> too. Me too. And look up, it's, it's five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Watch. No, no, this is me. It, I never finish a movie because I'm like out of it in the middle of a movie at 10 o'clock. It's my dad. Me. That's, that's I my confess. Yeah. <laughs> I can't make it through a movie. I'll want to watch it and they'll be like, okay, <laughs> good night. I can't get through it. Yeah. I thought that was an age thing. I don't know. I thought, <laughs> no, no, I, I just, I absolutely <laughs> do the same thing. Uh, Ava, one of the things that I really admire with you and kudos to your dads is that uh, a lot of kids, if you don't mind my using that word, your age, uh, don't have the reverence that I feel that you have for what's gone before. That's and right. I want to talk about the fact I was taught I had a great mentor when I was your age who said that every time I stepped on stage, I was carrying with me the mantle of every great artist that has gone before me. And I think about that every time I step before the camera, every time I step on stage. Um, and I want you to address our audience who's watching tonight and what that reverence of what's gone before means to you. Ooh. <laughs> wow, okay. Um, I think that I have had in, in more ways than just my parents, in ways of Charlo and Ula, um, and in ways, by the way, of uh, with Kate Lowcrest, who was our third member, or fourth member, I'm sorry, of, um, of our group, 
who is not here tonight, but in ways of all of them as, as mentors and, and as family, I think that the biggest thing is like inclusivity. It's how, I'm trying to figure out how to word this. I think accepting people, regardless of their race, their gender, um, who they love, comes above all. And there's a segment in our show that we talk about at the end. And we say that there's a quote from Hairspray that speaks to a lot of people. And we say, uh, as women, as uh, the LGBTQ community, as people of color, uh, and as humans. So I think I've had really amazing, amazing examples of, um, of love and respect from everyone, regardless of where they come from or who they are, or what they look like. And I think that that's something that's very like near and dear to me because I, that's something, if I take nothing away from anything else, I want to take the kindness that I have been shown onward. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Charlo, I have a calendar that I keep on my desk and I pulled from my calendar today uh, a passage. And it says, when I'm tempted to be hard on myself, I ask, what would I tell my best friend if they were in the same situation? Today's self-love action. Let me be my own best friend today. What loving guidance would I offer a dear friend if they were dealing with whatever I'm dealing with? And so when you have been in your worst or lowest situation, have you treated yourself the way that you would treat a best friend if they were in the be same situation? Well, I can say that um, just recently I was not feeling the greatest about my, my performance, not overall, but just moments of my performance because they were very raw for me. And my best friend was sitting in the audience and uh, she was a focal point for me and another friend of ours, I mean, of, Ula's, mm -hmm. um, our friend Lisa Passero. So Lisa Passero and Linda Rios were sitting in the audience and it became an anchor for me in that moment and pulled me, it helped focus me and pull me out of this place that I found myself in, in the middle of drinking again. The song, <laughs> drinking. Oh, okay, yes. And so that is a real life lesson I've learned uh, to be then when I when I poured my heart out to them, they both gave me such affirmation of my truth. And sometimes when you're doing cabaret, there's a line that gets crossed. It's not like you're doing a, it's not like you're doing a, um, uh, it's not like you're doing a, a Broadway play where you've got lines and you do playing a character. You're being you. Mm -hmm. So I think that um, these two people gave me a lot of feedback and a lot of love and acknowledgement that what I experienced was okay and that I had the training, I had the skill set to not go down that rabbit hole, that rabbit hole. Did I answer the question? You I'm did, sorry. you I did, you certainly did. Sometimes. Thank you, you did. <laughs> but um, uh, but and yes. uh, forgive yourself and trust, and then trust that you were in the moment and that you did what you needed to do and 
But Charlotte, being in the moment, particularly with that song, that's what made the audience connect to you because, you know, we felt that. Yeah. And I was sitting in the back of the house uh, being amazed by the both of you. Wow. Uh, and learning yeah. uh, many lessons at watching you and, uh, you know, reverence to the both of you because oh. I don't know if I can do that, pour my heart out like that. You, but um, that means so much to me for you to say that. No, but it's true. It, 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 a rawness and a realness and 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 people relate whoever in the audience is going through whatever that's right. when you connect and and uh you know pull everybody in you know it, it's so interesting because particularly with drinking again you and i sat there many many nights mm -hmm. with that, that song and she was pretty tore up about it actually she yeah. uh, never you well know, she was a master at uh emoting bullying. like that she was a master no at kidding it. <laughs> you know, all of the songs, Hello in there, yeah, all of those right. ballads. Oh, my God, she went to a place. And that's yeah. where, what you did. You went to that a place. I'm moving <laughs> out of that place. I don't want to go there unless. No, you must. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Thank you, though. Thank you for, for, for bringing that up. It's true. And thanks, Ula. You know, we have to remember where we came from. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I forget. No, no, we <laughs> remember. We remember. Thank you. Uh, Ula, what is the most painful thing that you feel that you've gone through in this business? Uh, and you don't need to name a specific. I'm asking for, uh, again, those of us who go through difficult times and how and what got you through that uh, difficult time? Um, I think uh, the fear that I had when I was a lot younger, which is kudos uh, to Ava. I was watching her. She has no fear up there. Yeah. And she said yeah. she had no fear since the age of eight. Wow. <laughs> you know, I mean, every, even now, I was, I was very nervous going up there. But, you know, something clicks in and it all clicks in and it works out. But, my gosh, uh, it's, I think, the fear. And I, and I really wish I would get over that. And I, th I think it's a thing with a lot of performers. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's, a, it's also a, a self-doubt thing, I guess, uh, but yeah, it's the fear and that's painful for me because I know I can do so much better sometimes, you know, particularly when I was in plays with lines and I'm not an actress. I guess I'm a singer who has acted comedian. before, a comedian, comedian. <laughs> but, um, but uh, that's very difficult for me unless I'm doing a very comedic role, which I have done, but as myself, doing lines or giving a talk or emoting it, it's it's that's painful for me because it's it's difficult it's very it's, hard it's, it's nerves it's uh it's fear there's a great story of Laurence Olivier that he was giving a performance and after the performance the audience just went absolutely crazy and he walked off and someone said that's the most amazing performance you've ever given mm -hmm. and he said i don't know what i did and he didn't know how, the fear of how he was ever going to recreate that wow. took over him on such a level that he developed intense stage fright after that. I think I read about that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's amazing. But, and, and he kept doing it. I mean, he just, it, I don't know, maybe he fed off of that, of yeah. that fear. But. Amazing. Amazing. Um, another passage from my calendar for you, Ava. 
And it says, when I'm nervous about something like a work meeting or a confrontation with a loved one or stepping outside my comfort zone, uh, I give myself a pep talk beforehand. Uh, today's self-love uh, action. Today, I'll ponder how I pep talk myself, uh, remembering that I'm loved uh, and you are loved, uh, especially by me, no matter how things turn out. That unconditional love could make me feel more relaxed, which could make uh, whatever I'm facing go more smoothly. Do you ever give yourself a pep talk before going on stage? <laughs> um, maybe not before stage, but there are definitely times where I where I do need to give myself a little boost. Okay. Okay. Uh, Charlo, um, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, as you said, that's. I'm just trying to think of like instances, but yeah, I definitely, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. Well, um, you know, while while sitting there contemplating one's makeup beat, <laughs> <laughs> I know. As I try and try and to apply false eyelashes, talking to myself, and I'm going when I'm going over the my music by myself, and uh, just. You know, one of the, it's like, you know, I sit with my notebook and I write, I keep writing the words to the song down over and over in paragraphs and then talking to myself about it. It's like a kind of a crazy woman. This is what's developed in these advanced years. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm talking to myself constantly. And well, I do the same thing. <laughs> but it's like saying the rosary over and over. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us and is now and out of our death. It could be at any moment while I don't get these lashes on, while I can't remember anything. So, yeah, prayer and constant self-talk is what's keeping me alive today. Yeah. Well, when I, was with, when I was with Darlene Love, we we always did the prayer circle before we oh, went yeah. on. And that yeah. and that gives you a big boost, actually. You know. And a focus, definitely. Yes. Wow. I think I think being with you guys was like a boost within itself. Uh, I, I remember sitting. So our dressing room is on the tenth floor, fifty four below, yeah. and our fifty four below is, is the basement. And I was, we have like our own little dressing room, and we were just sitting in there running lines. And I think that within itself is like a boost because there's so much love in that room. And there's, yeah. it was us. We had our band. We had Kate. We had my dad. Right. And there was so much love in that that like how I don't know I I don't know how I couldn't be like lifted up by that. And you know we have silliness. We have we you must have silliness. You have to have silliness. That helps so much because we laugh hilariously. I mean it it really helps get a lot of nerves out. You know, uh, it 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 yeah. does. You know, at some way it, 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 at some point. You have to get, walk away from the dressing table and go out there and do it. I remember when we were Harlettes, uh, we would have to go into the uh, Beth's dressing room and she'd take a look, look at us and she'd go, you don't have enough makeup. Oh, yeah. And there at her table and he, and be put on makeup, start singing girl group songs, and then uh, she'd be getting dressed. But that was a, a thing that helped her relax and, and kind of brought us all, the three of us together. You know, we'd be having drinks, smoking cigarettes, putting on more makeup until they're dragging us to the stage. This is what we live for. But, but also she, I remember, and I'm sure she went through her nerves, but I remember all her, the lines uh, taped yeah. up on her mirror, all mirror, of her exactly. segments, you know, yeah. uh, they but were just she, all there. So you right. know that she right. had to remember. She had a uh, lot to remember. She had a you lot mean to they remember. weren't spontaneous? Yeah. Oh, 
No, but if, if she had come upon a, a, a line that that she had done herself, it would stay in the show, mm -hmm. you know, if it got a great reaction, which yeah. it often, often, she was a, a master at improvising too. And yes, just, and yes, and we often pushed her to let, <laughs> that she didn't want to go to, but but when, when we would push her, she would be so extemporaneous. And of course we would just be collapsed in laughter. Yeah. I think she kind of lived for, us uh, and our, our silliness because it did it, it relaxed mm -hmm. her and made her go into those those realms. Yes, <laughs> and those realms were magical. Yes, and I think uh, I think uh, every young person and I, and Ava, you probably seen footage of that. But I I think I used to teach a class uh, a singing. It was called contemporary music stylings in this theater camp, and I would bring a video of Bet doing hello in there. Yeah. The John Prine song. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I said, learn this is how it's done. <laughs> you know, this don't do your vocal runs and all that right. vocal calisthenics, which all the some some uh, young women do at a la what's her name? Uh, 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 anyway, the uh, you know, the contemporary women. I said, this is from the heart. That's right. And what, what I was talking about, Charlotte, doing that uh, drinking again, it, you've got to connect with the audience mm -hmm. and connect with your whatever you're going through. Yeah. Connect with that, whatever it is. You know, you lost your dog, you're, you know, whatever sorrow is as a young person you're feeling, connect with it. Absolutely. That's the, that's the key right there. Yeah. Absolutely. Takes courage. Yeah. What have they got? Uh, and, and it'll be real. Courage, you said. Yeah. Uh, Ula, in which part of this week did your time go the fastest and the slowest? Oh, the slowest was when uh, I'm I'm in New Jersey now. I'm staying at, in my son's apartment. The weather was so horrible uh, well, and I'm, cold I'm in, and rainy. I'm in Rockland County, so I'm very close to where you. We're in uh, New Jersey. I, I'm in Rutherford. I'm in okay, near the Meadowlands. Cool. So. Yeah. You know, I was looking forward to getting out and going to, into the city. I I couldn't. <laughs> I, was, I was chilled to the bone. So that was my slow time. I was just sort of sitting around going, okay, when am I going to be able to, to go out and enjoy myself? Which eventually, I mean, the weather turned nice. But um, that was the slowest. The fastest? Is that what you said? The fastest? Yes, the fastest. Lord. I think the whole show that we did, the rehearsals. The show, yeah. blink of an eye, you yeah. know, it's, it, you work for something and then, but, but that's what happens in, in all the shows. It's, it's, you, you look back and you go, oh my God, did that just happen already? Wow. <laughs> and, uh, and missing it already, missing it. Oh. In September, it'll, you'll be doing it again. It went too fast. <laughs> it went too fast. Didn't too it? Fast. Ava, I know, uh, You've been well, like I said, I think I think of you as a veteran in this business already. But what is something about this business that you absolutely don't understand? Um that's a really good question. I don't know. <laughs> Could you come back to me? I have to think about that. <laughs> back to you. I'm gonna go to Charlotte. 
Uh, Charlo, I'm going to ask you, what is something about this business that you absolutely don't understand? I don't understand how you um, work. Okay, I'm going to use an example of someone that's near and dear to me and um, Ula's heart. Uh, our dear friend, David Lastly, who passed away. Uh, mm -hmm. He sang with James Taylor for 30 years uh, as a background singer. And, and and incredible mover shaker, uh, uh, you know, background singer, writer, uh, composer on all these levels, and so beloved in our community. Yeah. Uh, the thing that's crazy to me is that you, every time you stop a job, it's like you, you start all over again. You go back to square one. It's like we keep going back to square one. It's like. You know, you do a Broadway show for three, four, five, 30 years. Think of the people who've done Les Mis. And then suddenly they, they leave the show. And then what do you do? Do you go to another show? This is why people go back to those shows. They keep running. So they go back and they keep working to be in the community, to be with each other. So it's like, you know, we work so hard to get our goal, goal watch at the end of 30, 40 years. But we still want to keep performing. It's in our blood. It's like we're not civilians. This is what we do. Yeah. We entertain people. So that starting over every time is just crazy to me. And Charlotte, where are you, by the way? I, you know, I'm at home. Hold on a second. Hey, Steve. <laughs> my son is recording in the other room. That's I'm okay. Bedroom. I'm where's the, bedroom. Where is home for you? Uh, what, what do I do? Oh, no, where is home for you? I'm in Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. Okay, because I want to give you the biggest hug because <laughs> of what you just said, because I feel that every single day I am starting over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, with everything that I've done, I feel like every single day I am starting over. I've done over, believe it or not, I've done over 500 of these shows. Mm -hmm. And with all of these shows that I've done, uh, there's still the publicist who will say, send us a list of who you've interviewed. <laughs> Yes, yes. Yeah. That's um, I know. And it's you like, know, just look, look at my opening they, credits. And you know, they, they get so put out when you say, Google me. And then you, I, they Google you and they see your long list. They see, you know, and I say it all the time and people get attitude with me. It's like, well, you want to know what I'm doing or what I've done. Look <laughs> and I thought I would be the only one who said that. <laughs> oh, oh no, 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 all the time. People say to me, oh, well, what are you and Ula doing? I said, well, you need to Google Ula. Ula's doing stuff. You know, people get this so smug. Uh, <laughs> get I, I love it because I say the same thing. Google me. <laughs> yes, uh, right. Oh, I'm going to ask you the same question. What is the one thing about this business that you absolutely don't understand? Uh, well, I come from sort of a record company perspective, I guess, the, you know, the rock stuff. And, and be, living in Nashville now, which I've lived in for the past five years, I see young people do these writer rounds and they're struggling and, and you know i think it, it's frustrating because there's so many really talented people that ought to be you know up here they may never and people may never hear about them and the record industry has changed so much before the the record companies would would uh, promote your product now the artist has to promote the product. They've got to hand over like a complete product. They've got to do the their PR. Uh, it's it's a whole different animal now than when Charlotte and I recorded. Yeah, that's right. And 
that's frustrating for me to, to watch. And, and also with uh, Spotify and all the, the platforms, the um, residuals that people make on songwriting is horrible nowadays. It is so tough. So it's very tough to make a living at this. You've got there these people, these young people are touring. They're doing all the festivals. They're doing all the little towns. It, it's they're on their own basically, and some some uh, hire publicists, but some can't afford it. That's they right. They can't afford it. So, and they're plugging away, and you know they they love what they do because they're songwriters, singer songwriters, and they're musicians. But it's just so tough for young people these days, and that you know that that breaks my heart. Absolutely. And Either- you know the other thing too, Ula, and and I agree with you one hundred percent is that I think that when we were coming up as young girls, young women uh, in the theater and being a, a part of a uh, uh, experimental theater movement mm-hmm. and kind of, and being, and being in that Tom O'Horgan bubble. Right. The hair. Yes. Uh, we uh, really, um, it was different than just the legitimate theater musical play uh, that we knew, to, you know, here for right. we were part of a revolution in theater. Right. Yeah, we were plucked literally. We were just—I yeah. mean, we we were in teenagers yeah. in high school going right. to audition for this rock musical coming into town. Right. No theater experience whatsoever. I, I, I had community theater. Oh, well, I didn't. Well, I had a little tradition. bit, but yeah. <laughs> but most of those kids were just raw, and 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 a lot, mo- many of them went on to be you know, the Diane Keaton and Joe Montagna and Andre yeah. DeShields. Yeah. Well, Andre, I think they were from the theater before that, but yeah, they had, the, they had, they, they, you know, and they were all older than us. When you think yeah. about it, you know, not by much. University, <laughs> yes. And that was, that's right. Trajectory is to go to college, go to Northwest, right. uh, you know, in, in, in Illinois and get a good theater degree right. go to New York. We were, right. And, we were clear, clear out of high school. <laughs> that's right. what we're, we're, we're. So you had, you had us, you had, the, you had the academics and you had people who had already done legitimate theater. Right. All the it was a mixture, sure. Right. All the traditional musicals, the music mans, the, you know, the the all the Rogers and Hammerstein and all the, done all the traditional standard mm-hmm. theater, musical theater fair. And so mm-hmm. they were very straight. So here we all were, you know, teenagers thrust into this experimental theater thing that totally transformed. But the, but, the, but that was typecasting. Totally. It was typecasting. Yeah, it was. That's, yeah. Ava, still want to do it? Yeah. So I was, I was, I was yes. Sorry. Adjacent. I was, I was, I was listening um, to what they were saying. And I think this could be very, very specific to like the Broadway scene. But I think see, when you audition for things, you have no idea like what they're looking for. And can I say something, Ava? Sometimes they don't know what they're looking for. They never know. Right. Exactly. So on both ends, sometimes you have no idea what you're looking for. And I feel like as an actor, like my first instinct is to be like, okay, like this is set in this time, in this place. So I should look this way, or I should sound this way, or I should be this way. When nine times out of 10, that's probably not what they want. Um, and so I think it's, I don't know, it's its hand in hand, part I don't understand and part it's difficult to get around. Um, like that whole, that situation of like auditioning as yourself 
but like avoiding being like not true to yourself, but also like trying to fit into like what you're auditioning for. I'm gonna, I, I, in my closing remarks, I'm going to talk about that tonight. Great. So uh, yes, we're going to give away your CD. So oh uh, we're going to give it away to a lot. Don't go anywhere. Uh, we're going to give this away to a lucky winner. Uh, so we'll see who the winner is tonight. And it's Tasha Lombardi. Uh, Tasha, make sure that you send me uh, a private email uh, after the show, richard at richardskipper.com. And uh, I want to say a few words. And uh, each of you are going to get a chance to give your final words uh, based on what we talked about tonight. Uh, I'm going to take this off. And I'm going to say uh, what I'd like to say. And then I'm going to turn it over to you, Charlo. And then you can pick who will follow you. And then uh, that person will pick the final person. And then when you finish uh, saying your final words, don't worry about how to end the show. As soon as you say goodbye, uh, the final credits will start to roll. I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. I've had a great time. If all of you have had as much fun as I have, then my job is complete. The word again is patience. And if there's one thing that I've learned and I'm still learning in this crazy business is that patience is something that you have to think about on a daily basis. And as patient as you are, the other people around you are not necessarily going to be as patient as you are. And everyone is impatient and everybody wants something. Ava, the thing that I'd like to say to you is when I look at the uh, Judy Garland's, uh, when Judy Garland arrived at MGM, they didn't know what to do with her. Uh, they were trying to mold her into something that MGM was used to having at that time. And uh, it took them a little while until the Wizard of Oz came along before they even knew what to do with her. Uh, Barbara Streisand was unique into who she was. I wonder if a Carol Channing would survive in today's world of musical theater. Uh, Beanie Feldstein in Funny Girl on Broadway right now, everyone's trying to mold her into something she isn't. Uh, let her be Beanie Feldstein playing this role. Uh, when you walk into an audition and people are saying you should be this or you should be this, a lot of people may not know this, but The Graduate uh, was written uh, with Robert Redford in mind. Uh, Mike Nichols wanted uh, Robert Redford and Doris Day for those two roles. Uh, very different from what we ended up getting, but at least he had the foresight to say, maybe we can go a different path with this. And I think that everybody has to hold on to your individuality. And you have to be able to go in and say, this is who I am. Bette Midler is a perfect example of that. She went in being who she was, and she was her authentic self, and she created the Divine Miss M. And when she wasn't able to get those roles, she created a whole act built around what she wanted to give the audiences. You're doing the same thing. Keep doing what you're doing. That's the advice for everybody who's watching. Bring to the table what you are able to bring to the table. And hope that the audiences, the people that are interested, 
are going to show up. Uh, there's a great story that I will leave everyone with before I sign off. Uh, there was a great musical years ago called Jubilee. And Tammy Grimes and Larry Kurt were in the show. Mm -hmm. And uh, Tammy Grimes had gotten bored with doing the show. And so one night, Larry Kurt went up to Tammy Grimes and he said, you're not going to believe who's in the audience tonight. And she said, who, who, who? And he said, I'll tell you later. So every time she would get near him, she would go, who's in the audience? Who's going in the audience? He said, I can't tell you. So every time she would walk out on the stage, she would take a look out into the audience and she would say, who's in the audience? Who's in the audience? So at the end of the evening, as they're taking their bows, she's looking into the audience, trying to figure out who's in the audience. And when the curtain came down, she said, who's in the audience? He said, people who paid to see you. Don't ever forget oh, that. Right. And she said it was the greatest advice that was ever given to her. Absolutely. The people that are here tonight are here because they want to be with us. That's what we hold on to. And for that, I am grateful. So thank you all for being here tonight. Thank you. If you enjoy tonight's show, I hope that this will not be your last time. Please consider subscribing to Richard Skipper Celebrates. Uh, my show is about celebrating artists and their body of worth. Uh, leave a comment on YouTube after the show. Share this with your friends. Check out Charlo and Ula and Ava wherever they are. Go to London and see a show with uh, Ava. And meet me and everyone else at Feinstein's 54 Below uh, in September. We'll be there cheering you all on. I can't wait. Uh, and uh, I also end every show by telling everyone to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. Go to your Facebook friends list. I would like all of you to do the same thing. Go to your Facebook friends list and reach out to the third name that pops up and reach out with a phone call. Not an email message, not a text message, not a private inbox message, but a phone call. And let that person know what they mean to you. Uh, you never know what someone else is going through right now. And as a dear friend of mine, uh, Sean Moniger says, we're all in this together, but we're not in the same boat. And I always say, if you're gonna go out in a boat, make sure you bring a skipper along. So. <laughs> I'm going to leave the screen, and Charlo, uh, you've got the next uh, final word. Uh, anything you want to say about anything that we talked about tonight that you want to build upon? Anything that we didn't talk about that you wish that we had? Or just any final message you want to give to everyone who's watching right now? Thank you all, and I will hopefully see you tomorrow night at 7 o'clock with Lorna Dallas. We'll be here tomorrow night. See you all later. Thank you. Everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, Richard. This was fantastic. I just want to say, keep going. Don't stop. Love what you do. Take good care of yourself. Be your authentic self. And if you don't know how to do that, just pray and ask God to show it to you. And he will. You are loved. God bless you. Mwah. Mwah. I'm running out of power. Oh, okay. Love I want to and I, I want to say my last word is to Ava. I was in the audience as a spectator, uh, apart from being in the show, and I am in awe of you, my girl. And um, what I said before, it's the journey, not not the destination. It's the journey. Be your authentic self. I mean, I see you're well on your way, 
and uh, that's all I have to say. Sending love, and uh, you're you're going to be a star, my my girl. Thank you. And good night, everybody. Thank you, Richard. We one of, earlier I was asked um, about a pep talk, and I was thinking I was like, okay, what do I say at the end? And I think that I knew someone who was very close to me. And every morning when I woke up, he would tell me, you are loved, you are enough, and you are worthy. Every day, every day he would tell me that. And that's something that, you know, you should tell other people, but you need to tell yourself. It's something that you need to know. And so when I give my pep talks for whatever it is, those are the three things that I say is you are loved, you are enough and you are worthy. And I want, I wanted to leave everyone off with that, that whoever's watching, whoever's watching now, whoever is watching later, you are loved, you are enough and you are worthy. Thank you everybody for coming.